Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Line of Vienna Suite podcast. My name is Tom Jenkins. This is episode 157, and we're recording this on Sunday, the 24th of January, the day after Bolton's 2-1 defeat away at Prenton Park to Trampmere. It was a shambles and has raised some serious questions about the manager's capabilities to do his job and several other questions about the quality of the squad and whether or not we went into this season completely and utterly blind to the fact that it was going to be a slog, although I don't think any of us really thought it was going to be this bad. To get into it, I'm joined by James Jarvis and Chris Manning. And Chris, we'll get straight into it. I'll start with you. Game yesterday was marred by a fairly shocking refereeing performance, but that wasn't the main reason we lost, was it? Not at all. Not at all. Now, I'm not quite as hysterical about the referee's performance as, as, as those I've read online. As poor as he was, I certainly think that that's a, a good excuse for, for what in itself was one of the, the poorest displays for, for a good long time. Um, questions all over the pitch from top to bottom. Nobody comes out of it with any particular credit yesterday, although I will uh, give Santos a pass. I thought he was, uh, he was better than he'd been for a long time. Uh, but from... Goalkeeper through to centre forward, we've got real problems in the team. Underachieving, yeah, but where are we actually going? You know, we've demanded and we've we've been promised a project. Well, it's been however many months now. I don't see any sort of identity in this team. It just appears to be a bunch of lads getting up on a, a Saturday, having a game of football, win, win or lose or draw. Doesn't really seem to, to differ from week to week. It's just all petering out the season isn't it into into nothingness already even though we're only in January and it pissed me right off last night to see the, the lack of fight in the team the lack of battle uh, I was texting backwards and forwards with Lee of, of Line of Vienna fame as well that midfield softest shite softest midfield we've had in a long long time no battlers no grafters no one even particularly putting up a, a, a debate or argument to the referee when he did make some of his more questionable decisions meek acceptance I mean, we've seen that before with losers like like Wito and Medina and that team. Um, and I, I don't put these guys today in that same category. But the mentality is not a million miles away. We need to toughen up and we need to toughen up quick. Otherwise, people laughing about how we're not in a relegation battle. Well, we soon might be. Uh, and one that I'm sure we'd be able to get out of. I think we've got too much quality to go down again. Uh, and as I end this very, very long answer to what was quite a simple question, I just got to hope it comes soon. I mean, the, the window's still open for however, however longer it is. I'm not entirely certain. But we've got to make some positive moves and we've got to bring experience in that and bite in that midfield. It's After yesterday's show, and it's overtaken the need for a new goalkeeper, a new striker for me. Yeah, I think when we get on to, to discuss Everton and the, and the merits of his managerial performance this season, there's a lot to be said about identity of the team, uh, poor recruitment um, and attitude that the players have. I think that does come down from the manager. But, but focus, just focusing on the referee for a little bit, because I think it was it, it was one of the key talking points in the aftermath of the game. I, I certainly was not holding back in, in the ratings that, that I gave player, manager and referee. James, does Chris have a point there? Do you think if we'd perhaps been a bit more like Tranmere, you know, they've got Vaughan and Spearing getting in the face of the referee to be a decision, we might have come out of that with a different result? Uh, well, well, like like Chris said, it was telling um, how much they kind of gave a shit based on how much running around that they did on that pitch. Uh, we've seen we've seen it now on Twitter with BWFC analysis in the lead up to their goal, just how Jackson got pulled so easily out of position, how Elbazeni didn't close down his man, and we'll get into the players individually at some points, and and our um, Crawford just half arsed marking his man it's none of them really getting close to each other and when they do 
they 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 put themselves in a position to not. Oh, it's it's really hard to explain how frustrated this team makes me because half the time, when they, whenever they're getting forward, that it's not just in defence where they're not working. It's going forward. How many times have we seen this season where, um, where let's mm. say let's say Isgrove is on the wing or Delfonso or Ganua or whatever, and how isolated they are, how little lack of support they're either getting from runners on the channel, like why aren't the fullbacks or anyone else overlapping? Why aren't the midfielders getting into close positions to be able to pass to if the if the wingers aren't in a position to cross? What? <sighs> There's just no nobody supporting each other in this team. He was even pointed out when Ryan Delaney got got gave away the penalty, which was ridiculous, by the way. Um, not not one of them players, as soon as that penalty came, it was given in, supported him. They don't I, back I, each other up, do they? No, no. It's like it's I like think they all probably it, know he's shite as well. <laughs> Yeah, it, whatever. But either way, it it's really telling. Like I know, I know, I know we have different opinions on Sarsovic, but if he's supposed to lead by example, and he's normally one of the more slightly vocal players on the pitch, and he did absolutely nothing. Mm. When when your captain's not not standing up for your players or getting in the faces, it shows a real mentality issue at the club. When you don't work, get into the spaces and support your teammates. It's really, it's really telling. It's saying how much can you rely on them? How much are you in sync with each other? Because that was supposed to be the idea when, you know, then we're supposed to have the players and the camaraderie, and and the work ethic. And right, and not since November, I don't think we've properly seen it. I, I don't. Well, I think it's only one win, isn't it, since November? Mm, I think that, that's yeah. what highlights it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, yeah, and it was the, and it was the Cheltenham game. It was a real resolute defensive battling performance, which. We really should have kicked on from, but no. Instead, we fall back into old habits where we sh- where we shit house one off and then we be crap the other. With no creativity either. There's there's so many issues at the club. They don't all they don't all stem from Everett, but now he's starting to play a part in some of them. While I'm not like you, Tom, and I'm not near my flag um, flag to the mast of getting rid of him because I feel like there's there's issues that are more important beyond Ever himself. I just don't know how, how we change it all, to be honest. Well, I think the thing is, James, I think if you if you don't know, we don't know. And I said I said this in, in the player ratings article that I did. Under under Parkinson, I honestly felt didn't feel as though he I, I could have done that job any better than he could because he was working in such completely difficult circumstances. Everett has got the players that he wanted to get. We, we, we might have an argument about whether Phoenix had some element of uh, say in the recruitment and maybe some people who maybe um, he went over Everett's head to try and get in. That's fine. But he has already started to ship those players out. But the problem is he has a core group of people in that team who are more than good enough for League Two, having proven that over their careers, and he's still not getting the best out of them. And we're six months down the line, seven months down the line from when he started out with a lot of these people. And I mm. cannot understand for the life of me how people can say he's not had time or they're not his players when they are. They have been under his tutelage now for six or seven months and we were told it would take time. But taking time is not six or seven months. Taking time is one or two, maybe something like that. We were talk- told, what was it, Barrow had, I can't remember, was it nine points from their first 12 or maybe the other way around, something like that. 
that is a long, long time ago. We're over half a season now, and he still is not getting a tune out of these people who he has been working with day in, day out for a bloody long time. And it makes very little sense to me that he doesn't understand, or hasn't given them any kind of tactical identity to be able to go forward and make any progress. I see, wouldn't see, mind see, see, if we'd lost yesterday if we were making progress, but we're not. See, here's the problem. He did have that established tactical identity with the with the initial 3-4-1-2 formation. I'm not blaming it on the formation change, but he had that nailed down. He stuck he stuck <laughs> to his guns, even when it was clearly not producing results in the early rounds, but he stuck to it, and then eventually we started getting results. Freak home defeat to Port Vale later, and then suddenly all that... All that Good work and mentality seems to have completely evaporated from the players, and we've lost our technical identity. That to me shows a huge mentality weakness in this squad, and we've had that for years at Bolton. Ever since we've gotten relegated from the Premier League, we have been mentally weak all over the pitch, and it and it's like it's like it's like a virus that's spreading in the club. Every single player that, well, or, or at least the majority of players that seem to join us, just seem to degrade. While at this club, I, I don't like like I say I can't think from me they never because it's just been a problem for for God knows how long. I don't envy his job trying. I don't envy him trying to fix it, but and and like I say, but is he adding to the issues that we've had previously? That's why that's why I'm still unsure on the on getting rid of him or not. Cause it feels I, like I totally I, agree it, with you, James. Because it feels like I don't know who you bring in that can <clears throat> change that around at this point. And even if you, let's say you bring in an experienced head like a Nigel Clough, who's doing well at Mansfield, would he be able to change that? Because we wanted to try the because we've tried the experienced manager and Phil and Phil Parkinson, he did the job, but he didn't. But he never changed mentality. Uh, I'm not explaining this no, quite very well, but no, no, but it's true. But you're absolutely, you, no, you are, mate. Trust me. I, I think Chris, you were going to come in as well. He's completely right that the, the mentality of this club has been exactly the same for the last eight to nine years, and I don't think a change of manager could possibly do much to do that. But then you've got to ask, what do we do? Absolutely. And when you've got a, if you've got a manager who's young and inexperienced, like we've got. And we've got players on the pitch like Baptiste, Sarsovich, Doyle. They've been professional footballers for a long time. If they had anything about them, they would be able to, to cover for some of those in, levels of inexperience with the manager by lifting their own performance to a point where they can think, well, all right, then the manager's trying something. It's not quite working, so we'll take it upon ourselves to change that and to, ch- to change his way of thinking by performing in a certain way that invites change to come aboard. But exactly what, what James just said, the fact that the players are going backwards suggests either that a, a manager that's, that's struggling, I don't think that's under any, any real question at the minute, and a team that's not necessarily doing all they possibly can to back him. I don't expect the players to all of a sudden turn up on the pitch and, and magically change formation from, from what they've been training all week or what the manager tells them to. But you're telling me that's the, an on-pitch general, not necessarily Jay Spearing, but a Jay Spearing type player, wouldn't galvanise the midfield, take, it by, take them by the scuff of the neck and, and, and identify where we're going wrong. We've got a centre-forward in Doyle who spends more time in his own half than in the opposition's half because he's so starved of the football, yet we've got seemingly more wingers than Scott Schmist. I don't get how we can we can be so overloaded with players who should be doing so much better and players with substantial experience of this league and above. I think I might be wrong in saying so. I think Isgro's even played in the Premier League. I think Baptiste definitely has. Yeah, Jilts has been around 
Chilks has been around for about 60 years. These aren't kids, and it's not an inexperienced team, but they're playing like a bunch of strangers. Uh, and I can only put that down to the way they're organised and the way that the, the way that the team's set up. And, and I guess my overall, yeah, and I guess my overall point is that then if, if the players saw something so fundamentally wrong on the pitch as what appears to be, why are they not doing everything they possibly can to turn that around? It, I think that, like James said, I think that there's something wrong somewhere. Um, I can't put my finger on it. And the only real argument I can see at this minute in time, and that is with the defeat yesterday, very, very fresh in the memory. So obviously it's an emotional subject, is the fact that Everett's been here since when June, July. I think time is the only thing that you can say is keeping him in his, in his job. Football Ventures, for all they've done right, have also made some pretty pretty poor decisions when it comes to the on-pitch side of things. Whether that's not trusting necessarily the experience of Peter Kenyon, whether that's appointing Hill in the first place, although that's got some emotional connections that I can probably half understand. Phoenix being another one. It, there's just there's a lot of questions around the club at the minute. And, and again, I don't mean that to, to decry their involvement in the club because, you know, as those tiresome, tiresome bastards on Twitter say, you know, we nearly didn't have a club. And I hate myself for saying that. But... <laughs> There comes a time where, where we do need to have that sort of um, know-how and experience. And, and the director of football route is clearly a load of rubbish. But Ever and Everton have got donkey's years in terms of experience of the professional game themselves. I just wonder whether they, and then as, as, a, as a direct connection to that, we have bitten off far more than we can chew. And yeah, Nigel Clough isn't going to get bums on seats, but he's a football manager who's been in the job for 15, 20 years. He knows how to cope with... Um, with triumph and with adversity and look what the job he's doing at Mansfield is we'd kill for someone like that the trouble we've had is that we had that little little run in November like James said and then that's been it that was, that's was that been the one bright spark of the season I don't think any of the players have, have been bright sparks necessarily on a consistent basis not even showing much in terms of what they could do it's just all so so clear and so frustrating I don't know about you guys but watching that match yesterday I know they scored after two or three minutes but after two or three minutes, I think you know you could you could tell what was going to happen, and you knew that Wanderers were likely to concede another goal, and probably wouldn't have done much in terms of attacking play until 15, 20 minutes to go. And, and much like it has on several occasions this season, that's exactly how it played out. I just can't put my finger on it. This is the thing. Looking at that game yesterday, I would pick the key issues being I think the team selection was was poor. You've not put in somebody who has been absolutely crucial to your last yes. two matches. And and over someone who's not our player and who was not particularly good in the first game that he had uh, as an opportunity to show what he could do in Albazetti. Ganua should have a million percent started, whether he's defensively capable. You can't see me doing inverted commas, but I think the sentiment was clear. Um, it, he needs to be starting games. The in-game decisions to not substitute Delaney when he's concussed and been booked. I mean, I cannot understand for the life of me when you've got capable defenders on the bench, you don't do that. Um, but you're completely right. I remember in the 2018-19 season when we were relegated under Parkinson, I could tell you what was going to happen in every single Bolton game that year. It was always at home. You'd go a goal down within the first five minutes and then dominate possession um, to, to, and, uh, to absolutely no avail, never create any, any chances, and you'd lose the game 1-0 or 2-0. It must have happened 20 times over the course of that season. Mm. And I can tell you exactly what's going to happen with this Everett team. We're not going to be motivated to do anything until we go a goal behind, which is why I was thanking God yesterday that it took only three minutes because I thought we might actually start playing at that point. And it's a complete fundamental failure of the manager to not be able to motivate his players to actually start games properly 
they can only be motivated and they've proven it all season by a score deficit. How can you how can you not see that that is the clear issue here and not do your level best to resolve it? That's why I don't yeah. understand. It's like he's buried his head in the sand and refused to see the blind and the obvious. And um, this is the thing. James, I, I, I do get what you're saying in terms of there, there are other fundamental issues going on here. We've touched on a few of them, you know, such as recruitment and poor decisions by the players on the pitch. But the buck has to stop with the manager. And I, I, frankly, I, I, I don't see any progress to, and therefore I don't see any reason to keep him. Definitely not. It... Go, Go ahead, mate. Sorry. No, no, no. It's all right. Go on. No, I, I just think you're both you're both spot on, and and everyone wants to see progress, and nobody wants to chop and change. You know when, but as much as there is an argument for keeping him because he's not had a great deal of time, like Tom's just said, when there's such a staggering lack of progress in every single aspect of our play on the pitch, how long do you keep him? How long do you give him to turn it turn it round? Because every single passing defeat sends us further further away from where we want to be, which at this minute in time is is playoffs as a pipe dream. And from after that, we then start talking about, oh, well, it's all right. He'll, he'll, you know, this season's a write-off. Nah, this season should never be a write-off. No. Coming into it with the investment we made, the squad we've got, and the infrastructure that we've got, to be in this division for more than one season, it might sound high and mighty and, and not really indicative of where we are. But, Christ, it's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. And and whilst not knowing the name of a an, an alternative, a Nigel Clough or whoever, realistically, shouldn't then... Denials the opportunity to, to criticise a man who's done very little to, to praise for at this minute in time. His, his conduct during the games, his, his confrontation, confronting the referee, whilst to an extent understandable, but now we now presumably he's going to suffer some sort of penalty, um, and whether it is a penalty or not is, is a matter for another day. But I think his, his, his emotional response at full time yesterday shows a man under pressure, doesn't necessarily doesn't know how to cope with it. Is this the, this... I don't really know a great deal about his, his first 18 months at Barrow, if he was under any sort of real pressure or if they had a similar run. Does he know how to get out of it? I have my doubts. Uh, in their but, fir- I will say, in his fir- I actually do know the answer to that. In his first season, um, he had a really similarly poor start and then I think it was around maybe February time that they suddenly started climbing back up the table to finish around right. mid-table. Okay, and then in his second season, similarly poor start, I think in his first seventh ten games and then suddenly just rocketed up the league i think he got like a 20 match unbeaten streak or something okay that fair time. so no doubt he'll be pointing at that as being his track record and being able to turn this sort of thing round. And, and let's hope then in that case that, that we're not made of money obviously the quarter of a million quid or whatever it allegedly took to prize him away in hindsight looks a poor deal money that we could have spent on on improving the squad uh, and bringing in a manager that wouldn't have cost us anything but you know that's obviously a, a, a a conversation with the benefit of hindsight. I'm the same as you. We're just all just scrambling for answers, and one of which most definitely is changing the manager. Um, whether they will or whether they won't, I guess time will tell, but we certainly can't carry on like this. Something's got to change, and, and on the pitch is the, the easiest way for it to happen. I'm, I'm just sick of consistent squad upheaval. Um, and uh, I'm, I don't. That's how it is, though. That's how it is, mate, in this division. You know, you, you see teams extent, every single though, year assigning eight, look, ten players. Look at Forest Green, though. Forest Green are second in the league, and Cambridge are up there, and Newport are up there. These are teams who've, who have struggled in this division before and have kept a, a consistent set of players, obviously with the odd chop and change, and been able to progress under, under, a, under the same manager to get to, to that point. I don't, you know, they might, the players might consider themselves a bunch of strangers. I don't think after six months you should be considering your teammates a bunch of strangers mm. at all. But 
that that seems to be the way or the blueprint to be able to be successful in this league. It's to be able to have a consistent process and style over a certain period of time and eventually you'll get your results. So I, th- I think you can't suddenly say that the players aren't good enough and get rid of all of them because, well, frankly, there's about five or six in there who any team in this league would be mm-hmm. desperate to have. Yeah. And at the moment, it's the manager but, not getting but... the best out of them. Yeah, and I get that for completely agree. And there are examples, obviously, of stability at this level that are the the, the exception to what I think might be the rule. Now, from our perspective, we don't have that luxury of time. You know, where Newport County, for for as an example, might have had the same team for three seasons and been quite content just to remain in league football. Where we're coming into it from our standing start, our ambitions and our potential should be higher than that and so I don't think that luxury of time is necessarily a direct comparison to the situation that we're in it's just one of those one of those positions where I even start to wonder given past experiences that, that the closure of the stadium might have been the best thing it, it, the pressure at the moment is solely online should we call it so what's that that's not that's not really pressure it's just people shouting into the void had it been it might have been different had the, had the stadiums been open because I mean a three nil. Was it was it three nil when we lost at home to Tranmere? I can't remember. It was. Um, yeah. I can't imagine that that would have gone down particularly well. And yesterday, Tranmere away, you got to imagine there's probably going to have been a two and a half thousand Bolton fans there behind the goal in that absolute shed of a stadium. Do you think they would have accepted that first half performance? Absolutely not. Um, so, whilst I don't mean to to dwell on the the wonderful nature of being a Bolton fan, I think the team and the manager. Uh, probably got away with a lot because of the stadium's being shut. Uh, James, where do you stand on this? Because I honestly think that some of those results that we've had, especially at home, because the home form has been appalling, would not have happened had there been fans mm. there. Certainly not the Port Vale one. Oh, yeah, I can totally agree with that. I mean, just speaking for myself, how much would I have shouted at the players after seeing performances like that? You boys, you boys know what Definitely. I'm like in a stadium. <laughs> I'd, I'd have left you if we'd have been at Tramway yesterday, bud. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. You know, you know. Sometimes you just need different voices that aren't the manager just to tell you, "Hey, stop being shit" or something like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Tactical analysis <laughs> and in depth. That's all it takes. You know, it's spot on. Yeah, and I'm so and yeah, yeah. I mean, Ever has said himself that he's not been able to build any kind of rapport with the fans because they've not been in the stadium. He's not been able to meet them. He's not been able to see what they're like on the terraces, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> Yeah, lucky and, him is what I could say. Yeah, be careful yeah. what you work for, Ian. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, um, like like you like you guys said, if we were in the stadium, um, would would he be getting this reception that he's been getting online now? Because we might be in a better position if if you know they had that psychological roar of the fans backing them. Yeah. If ifs and buts were candy yeah, and nuts, tri- we'd all yeah. have a merry Christmas, James. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And a trip to the a trip to the Reebok is going to be like like Christmas Day for some players, you know. Without meaning to sound totally disrespectful, from playing at Barrow and, and, and places like that and Tranmere, it's an, it must be an absolute palace compared to what they're used to. And so that's when the influence of the supporters in the ground would then balance out that you'd think balance out that raising in the game from the opponents, and the, and the fans would would have a difference. So I think you're both away. right. Yeah, I was about to say it's why we've got a better away record than <laughs> than a home record mm-hmm. this season. It, yeah, it it makes it makes a difference psychologically. Like I say, it, like I say, it's just another one of those factors why I can't, I why I just can't quite fully commit myself to being on the other out wagon. 
there's just so there's so much wrong to pinpoint here because it's just been a mental season in in all sorts of regards. Mm. Yeah. So definitely. So it's it's why un- unless we completely drop off a cliff and we end up down there with the with the south ends and the I would say Scunthorpe, but they've actually been improving. I can't think of another team down there at the moment, but is it Stevenage who's down yeah, there as well? Yeah, Stevenage. Bol- Bolton Wanderers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've heard their shit. Can't wait until we play them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think but those kind of teams uh, down there, the Grimsby's and whatnot. If 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 we end up battling around them, then I th- I really do think you can ask questions. But at this moment in time, I just can't get myself to it, especially because I have also mm. seen perform- performances where where we have had not had the rub of the green or we have played well even if it's not consistent throughout the game it's not it's not like it was under hill for me because even let let's compare post-match reference conferences for a sec whenever hill had his post-match conferences where say like when he lost 7-1 to stanley and he came out with the most absolutely nonsense excuse in the world for how it happened for and explaining his actions I don't get that from ever. It's why he's not pissed me off like like Hill did last season. Because I, I always feel that with a lot of his things, there's some element of truth at the very least that I can get behind and I can understand his thought process and how frustrating it must be for him. Mm. Unlike, unlike compared to Hill, it's why it's why I just don't want to get behind that yet. I, I do want to give him the season and just see where we go from there. When hopefully next season's a bit more normal with a lot more of these players have stuck with us and we don't have that big upheaval like you've mentioned Tom and hopefully we can use whatever pre-season we've got there to get in better players for this league and nail down more of a tactical identity I, I just can't commit myself to getting rid of him yet but at the same time I can understand where the frustration comes from it's going it's, it's gonna to take time to root out all these issues and sort them out And so, uh, but Let's face it, Bolton fans aren't known for the patience, are they? <laughs> no, not. absolutely not. And I think that, that when you start eliminating some of the idea, some of the reasons why Everett might have a little bit more time. So you know, going back to Phoenix, for example, we don't know the truth of the matter, but you could probably make a good case for thinking that perhaps a lot of the players brought in were, were foisted upon Everett. Fine, but then when Everett is in undoubted sole charge, and we don't even have a chief scout, so that there is clearly no one else you know, identifying and, and, and going for these players, that we, we rock up with, I'll give the left-back a pass, because you don't need to be a half-decent footballer to be a left-back, it's one of those forgettable positions. But that that left-winger, good grief. I don't know about you fellas, and again, I, I, I'm basing this on seeing the guy, I've never heard of him in my entire life for an hour, maybe, maybe an hour tops over, over two games, but Jesus Christ, he looks absolutely woeful. Woeful. A, a manager in Everett's position who I would hope would have a good idea about where we are lacking on the pitch. So again, for me, the com- competitive midfielder, goalkeeper, centre-forward, what we didn't need was a League Two version of Chris Eagle's less talented brother who comes in and absolutely stinks the place up for for the, the two games that he plays for us and he's brought off in both. He does look maybe, awful, doesn't yeah, he? No, he maybe, maybe I'm being starry-eyed here, but how did we go for a guy like that when we had someone who we know... who? We we knew we already knew from a previous spell who knew the club and mit, and could have conceivably completely brought a 
spike to that position in T-Ball yeah. Linden. I don't know how we yeah. didn't go for him. Maybe it was a wage thing, but how could we not I, get him? I, I, I mean, I to be fair, James, James, to be fair, if he's ended up in the Eredivisie, he certainly wasn't going to go and slum it in League Two. Lots, lots of players, well, lots of players go into the Eredivisie and come back better players. That's not yeah, a bad. No, 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 what, I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, if you, if you weigh up Bolton Wanderers or Eredivisie mid-table, he's not going to pick Bolton Wanderers, is he? From his, perspective, from his perspective, he'd never, he'd never make that choice. Uh, the, the person who I would have loved to have seen him would have been Cluffy, but you know, we, we, I, th- I think Forrest, would, uh, from the sounds of it, based on what they were going to do with Zach in the summer, which was turn down every single loan offer that came anywhere near him that didn't um, have a contribution up to about, I think it was 40% of his wages, something like that. The fact that they've just said to Wigan, oh, you can just have him and we're not even bothered. If that, if that was on the table for Bolton and we turned that down, I would be absolutely furious. Yeah, well, this this lad we've brought in, he's not on peanuts, you know. I've, I've again, I, I, it's difficult to say without sounding like a dickhead, but I had it confirmed by, by a lad I know at the club. He nine hundred quid a week. We're talking here. We're not talking about a chump. Granted, it's not forty percent of Clough's wages, which is probably four or five grand a week. But we're still we're picking players out of here who, who struggle to get in Lincoln's team, and Lincoln are playing well. Fair dues, but. I would have said left wing would have been maybe the tenth or eleventh position that we needed to strengthen in. We've got players that could make a make a fist of it. Gnu Especially has done, given how Gnu has played, yeah, absolutely. And for him not to start over a lone lad who came in and will be polite in his first game was underwhelming, but you could maybe understand it given his, his lack of familiarity with the squad. Well, he's been here two weeks and he's shit. He's absolutely rubbish. I, I would if Gnu doesn't start in that position and and L. Zadibi is, is dropped on Tuesday night then it's just another stick to beat Everett with to be honest because everybody watching the game can see where our most potent threat comes from it comes from Sarsovic in the last 20 minutes when he decides by the way I would have him as a substitute and bring him on after 70 minutes having somebody far more dynamic than Crawford in the team which is basically any of us on this podcast uh, and also making sure that we've got Delfonso on the pitch because whilst he might be um out of form a little bit. I think Delfonso is probably by by a good mile our best player, and, and I'd be loath to have him start as a substitute again when we're so struggling for attacking influence. I'd like to see Delfonso perhaps playing off Doyle, not not wide left as he's as he's done so often this season, and try just something subtly different up there and see if we can get Delfonso feeding Doyle with some of those little fruit passes that he's dealt with so well and he scored so many goals for Swindon that last season. I, I, I'd have Crawford out of the team and and never again wearing a white shirt. I just think his mentality, his mentality, his mentality is only matched by his his contribution to the club. I think both. I can't stand him, Chris. No, and I I defended him several times to you. He swindled us. He swindled us. Yeah, both both his mentality and his contribution can be described as 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 pathetic and non-existent since being at the club. So he can go with my best wishes and 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 back to Hamilton, wherever he, he went before, and that would make no difference for the squad. Um, I know you're going to throw the Ronan Darcy card at me in a minute, so I'll, just before I, you do, I'll just get there with George. With putting George Thomason in the team, a player from Division 9 or whatever, who's got more about him than Crawford seemingly ever has. All we needed in that midfield yesterday was someone who could put the foot in and someone who could pass the ball forward to a player. Crawford unable to do either. James mentioned right at the very start his, his lack of uh, commitment in terms of getting stuck in to the lad for, for one of their goals. Symbolic of, the, of the, the fella's contribution to his entire time at the club. Completely forgettable and just weak as piss. There's changes there that can be made that I think would make an, an instant difference to the team on Tuesday night. 
but will, will Everton make him? He should have made him on Saturday for me. Well, I think we can all agree on that one. Uh, I think the team selection was wrong. I think the the, the, the sort of leaving Delfonso out made sense um, in the previous week because he had been playing very poorly and I think that was the kick up the arse he needed. But the thing is, if you're going to kick him up the arse, he then needs to be put back into the team to mm. show the benefits of that. Look what happened to Ganua. You take Ganua out of the team, obviously he had an injury, but he'd been sort of almost forgotten about completely. There's a lad yeah. who knows this level who decided to come back in and show people what he can do. And frankly, if he doesn't start on Tuesday, I will not be watching the game. Simple as that. Um, because, because I, you know, it, obviously it's a very small protest, but I think it's just unbelievable to not put the p- most effective player that you've had in your last three matches yeah. in the team. James, I know that you've always been an advocate of playing people in form. Um, and yep. if he plays LBZ again, I'm not watching the game. Simple as that. I'm, I'm probably with you on that. Um, it's, it's, it's not, to be fair, it's, it's rare that I give up on players almost immediately, but I, I give up on that lad. <laughs> I, I know you see my way of thinking. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's hysterical. We we get told. I, I put it in the ratings. Electric pace, no. Skillful, no. Goal threat, you must be taking the piss. <laughs> of, how many times? How many that times we told, was he poorly out position for? Well, I get it. The long passes are not the easiest things in the draw. But how can you be so far out position for every single one of them? How can you not get get stuck in if just you're supposed to be this workhorse? How can you not be? A single player, if you're supposed to have either electric pace or you're supposed to be good with your feet. I think the best thing he did... He doesn't was, have electric th- pace. He's, he's no, about as quick as Greenwich. Uh, Greenwich is faster than him, but either way. Yeah. Maybe, you can play Greenwich at, maybe you can play Greenwich at left wing. He'd probably be better up there than <laughs> Elba Zeddy is. Because at least I c- I've seen Greenwich beat a player. Yeah, at, this rate, at this rate, I'd take Alan Thompson over the Elba Zeddy. He's absolute dog shit. Yeah. yeah, rubbish. That, that Unfortunately, left, that rubbish. That side has become a real problem as well because I know some people won't agree with me when I say this, but that, I think that Ben Jackson is hideous as well. I know he's nineteen, but <laughs> I think he's absolutely said, awful. Yeah, I texted to Lee during the game. I said he just strikes me as a, a, one of the creator pro players from one of the, the computer games. He's just he's just bland. That's it. But I, I, I let left backs off because I don't think it's necessarily that in, that important. It's not really changing the way we play. Yeah, yeah I was about to say. I think I think it will. Ma- to be fair, I think it will make a difference when Declan John does come back in until he lets me well, disagree. Yeah, yeah, I think you're both right. I was just about to say if we had a left back as effective as Kioso was on the right hand side, then I would I would completely and absolutely flip flop and, and take the opposite position. It's a fantastic uh, spot and one for a very very vital player, but. Again, I think I maybe meant more in a general point of when it came to actually bringing in new signings, left-back was, was pretty low down my list. I know he's ever tuned out of Maskell and uh, Greenwich is suspended. and I don't even know who else we got at left-back. He isn't suspended. Oh, is he not? Well, probably yeah. Brockbank then. There's only one game, he can, wasn't he it? Yeah, it was, was only it? one game. Yeah. Well, then Jones as well, who's shown to be equally as uh, as naff in both right and left-back. Again, it just, just wouldn't have been a priority in terms of recruitment for me at the time. No, priority now, I think, has to be to get Kyoso back. If we, if there's any chance in at any point, we have to yeah, get him back. Miss surely, him, miss him horribly. Yeah, he was he, supposed, to, so go to, to, he was to, supposed to go to Northampton, wasn't he? Wasn't that why the loan was cancelled? I think the loan was cancelled because they quote unquote wanted to have a look at him, and given that he's not even made a matchday squad yet, I think um, you know th- th- there won't be much of a career for him left at Luton Town certainly mm. this season. So. 
I, I think if whatever Everett's got left in the kitty, that would be where I'd be putting it. I'd, I'd, I'd need. I think we just need to get him back because we don't have any dynamism um, without Kioso in the team. It was like when it was like with Emmanuel in no, League not. One. Emmanuel couldn't defend to save his life, and I don't think Kioso can defend either. But it was so crucial to us going forward that we had someone who was making those um, attacks from that from that position. Uh, so and, and Jones and Brockbank aren't going to do it. I would like to see Brockbank get a chance there over Jones um, because I think Brockbank gets it at least. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think we've got we've got bigger issues there. Um, I know we've spoken a hell of a lot, but it's all jumped around a little bit um, on Everton, the Tranmere game, and the team and all of that. Uh, I, I said before we we came on on air that I would like to talk about uh, the actual performance of the players yesterday. I obviously put out player ratings articles. I know that you two have got some notes, shall we say, on on some of the stuff that I've said in it. Yeah, well, after you, James. Yeah, well, I was about to say, where do you want us to start? <laughs> 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 I think I remember. I remember in the aftermath of us losing five two to Wigan. I think it was us three that had the conversation about it, and you two disagreed wholeheartedly with with pretty much everything that I'd said. So you know, as long as you agree with at least some of them this time, I consider that an improvement. I don't even remember that because I was so irate. But all right, um... <laughs> I, think, I think I gave Gary O'Neill a five, and he told me I was an ass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you probably, you probably were. The nice you probably version. were. When you lose five two to Wigan, nobody deserves above a three at best. But definitely not. Fair enough. I've got the ratings in front of me. If you feel like uh, doing them one by one, fellas. No, it's just all right. yeah, I pick, pick out it. the ones. Pick out the ones that you think are the most out there. Go on, you start with it, Chris, while I load it on my screen. Right, I'm going to start off with Santos as a nine. And I'm only mm-hmm. going to say, I would have, he was by a million miles the best player. A million miles the best player. Uh, I thought when he was, his touch on the ball was, was much improved. He, he kept the defenders largely quiet. Um, and so nine might be a little bit glamorous and headline catching, but <laughs> I don't disagree that he was a standout player. I think two for Ryan Delaney is just one of the most ridiculous things I've read in a long, long time. Um, if you, I presume you meant you left the minus out there by accident. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of things on Delaney. One, he's rubbish. Two, when he got his head injury, are we not in the world in a, the, the sort of world these days that he should have immediately come off? Oh, I've said, a, I've said it earlier, didn't I? A, a because he's off. rubbish. Uh, a because he's rubbish, <laughs> and B because he, it was a head injury. Um, I mean, the issue with the, with the penalty aside, I'm sure we'll come to that in a minute. Delaney's been getting worse every single week. Uh, Sarsovic 4.5 you can shove that up your ass because that's ridiculous Crawford <laughs> 2 again miles too high Elbazetti 2 miles too high and Doyle 5 miles too high uh, I think you were spot on with the referee at 0 I mean it, uh, Neil Hare I mean come on you know with a name like that he's going to be shit and Ian it's a rather Everett awful name isn't it I think we found high. him on Facebook and, he, and his name says Neil Andrews so he's invented a second name for himself because his current one is too <laughs> embarrassing Neil Andrew Hare with the shit hair. Uh, again, a, a debate perhaps for, for a short while after, but they, they were my major takeaways from your ratings. No, fair enough. I would have maybe I mean, been a bit harsher. Bear, bear in mind, when I, when I give someone a two, I consider that to be a pretty horrific mark. Like, I think we've had this discussion before about what, what, what we consider to be middle and what we consider to be high. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought I thought Crawford, Delaney and Elbizetti were all equally garbage. Um but I don't think I think I think giving a, a one or maybe even a minus that as you might have said, Chris. I, I don't think that I think that makes it a little bit more of a joke, more so than an actual critique mm. of their performance. The, the, I the biggest, that. The, yeah, but the biggest joke is the players that played on the pitch because they didn't deserve a two. That, that's the no, difference between. <laughs> I suppose that's the difference though between you, Tom, and us. We you try to be a bit more professional. 
<laughs> I remember giving Tom Thorpe a zero once, and I got a very testy uh, email from the club at the time. So it, it just goes to show that maybe maybe ratings are something that you perhaps do with 24 hours hindsight and allow yourself just to sort of calm down a bit. I remember coming home from a night match and doing the ratings before I went to bed because obviously come on from a night match, you, you know, you you pumped up a little bit and it takes you a while to, to come down. And I wrote them there and then, and Tom Thorpe got a zero. And yeah, it didn't go down very well at all. It's, it is fascinating, isn't it? How people, how, sorry, you can put uh, a player's name in a report and give some kind of critique about it and they won't necessarily understand it because let's be honest, most players are thick. Um, but you, they see their name and they see a number next to it. It's quite easy to interpret what you thought of their performance without having to use any eloquent long phrases. And I think they, it really does get get to some of them. And we've we've had numerous run-ins with uh, club and players about the stuff that we've said about them, have we not? So, definitely. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I think, start I using emojis or something like that. Oh, sod that. I'm not being like Lee Anderson. I don't sniff players' shirts. I'm not going to start <laughs> using emojis either. Um so like I said, with those three, I thought they were all equally garbage and they all got, got scathing reviews. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Crawford, I don't ever want him to I never want to see him play for Bolton Wanderers again at all. I think he's awful. Uh, I think LBZ is the worst loan signing we've had since Ethan Hamilton and he was pretty garbage. And uh, Delaney has got steadily worse since November when he was. He, he, he was very, very good during November, as, as were all the back three. Um, but he has got steadily worse since then with no sign of improvement falling off a cliff. And as I said before, it, it renders the decision to send Taft out on loan to a now a relegation rival absolutely insane. Completely insane. Yeah. Um, with with, with Sarsovic, uh scored a goal. So I think he deserves a little bit of an up in that. I thought first half was probably the only person who looked like he, any interest in, in getting us forward. Second half died a death again. Um, and flits in and out of games. So perhaps maybe that was a little bit too high, although I did run it past a few people and they said that I was being harsh. So, you know, we, we live and learn. I think the Manchester Evening News gave him a seven. So I think... You can't trust their ratings. They're, those were No, fine. no. I know, I know. I th- I think, do, you I think, think, do you think without wanting to make an obvious joke, do you think the captaincy is maybe weighing a bit heavy on him? <laughs> I mean, we've got we've got players in the team like Jilks and Baptiste who might be able... Oh, I've been deadly serious. Maybe a poor choice of words, but... Do you think that that you know Baptiste Jilks Santos I'd even make perhaps, my captain I'd make might be my more captain. yeah they might be more suited I don't think I don't know Sarsvich has been a captain any, anywhere else in his past but did he, maybe did he skip at Plymouth maybe, did he, James yeah yeah he was the skipper at Plymouth right okay so so perhaps not then but I was wondering if that might free him up to concentrate on his game because the, 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 it, like you said that and like we all said at this very start the the, the predictable nature of his own performance is that you might as well not bother with him on pitch until the last half an hour. Such is his, his absolutely minimal minimal contribution. But I was going to ask you both before I went on that tangent as well. What you, what are you thinking about the goalkeepers' uh, performances lately? Um, I know he's only ever going to be in there as a stopgap, and we've said the three of us many times how, how we think a goalkeeper should be a, a priority for the club. Um, but I, I didn't think Jokes covered himself. Uh, one one decent long range save from Clark aside uh, with too much glory yesterday. I, I'll be honest. I was ready to drop him after the Cheltenham game. With, with the way mm. he gave away that goal, I know more people are blaming Delaney for losing the man, but really, with the, with really with still with that header that he came at him, he really should have held it. it, wasn't, he, it can't, he can't drop it at the feet of a striker. Yeah, though, yeah, exactly, exactly. It wasn't that it wasn't that powerful that it was a hand stinger. It, he really should have mm. held onto it. Um, he's, 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 his distribution's not been that great, to be honest. Every single time, he just seems to either low it roll to Santos or bash it out to the wings where we've got no one up there to win it yeah. so so i think I, so but the problem is we're not we're not going to put Krellin in god no 
Uh, well, that's the alternative, Ale- isn't it? Alexander's, yeah. Alexander's not going to get a sniff this season, and but there's no sign of another keeper coming in at the moment. Probably not until we either get rid of Cre- cancel Krellin's loan or we get another player out. Yeah. Let's so, well, okay. I mean, we got we got we got the budget for left wingers though, so that's all right. Yeah, ridiculous decision. Um, no, I don't I think Bishop a is still a left winger. Nathan Bishop at United is still yet to to find a loan club, so I'm presuming that that might be one that we that we do. Mm. A, a Fleetwood Town got a manager in yet? Because I presume that must be the reason why Crellin hadn't gone no. back as a, at the moment. No, no so Tim, got... uh, Tim Cahill, from what I was reading on the internet this morning, is the the favourite for that one. That 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 sacking Joe Barton for Tim Cahill is a fascinating set of events for a League One football. You're not person. wrong. Um, but yeah, uh, I think. Um, I think Jilks has had some shaky moments, certainly in, Chel- in the Cheltenham game, certainly in the Carlisle game. I don't think he's been our biggest problem by any means, um, but we know that we need better. We've known that we need better ever since we dropped Cullen out of the team because Jilks never wanted to do this job. I think he's doing an admirable job for someone who had pretty much retired and, and never expected to be thrust in, in, into this position. But we do, we do need better, and I think may- maybe... I don't think there's necessarily a lack of confidence in him from the defence in the similar way that there was with Krellin, but it can't be helpful to know that... Well, I mean, he didn't even die for the penalty yesterday, and I've seen him make that decision yeah, quite a few times, hasn't he? Yeah, it was a funny one, that one. That's what sort of sparked the question, really, just remembering that half-hearted... I could be wrong, you know, it could be one of these ones where the keeper decides to stand still on the hope that the ball's going to be blasted down the middle. But then when it's not, you, you, look, look, a bit daft. you look a bit daft when you just sort of... You look like... Like Rocky chasing a chicken, trying to get into the corner. Bambo, yeah. Rocky, Rocky. He should. All <laughs> strange. He should. He, should, he shouldn't have high fived that prick James Vaughan either afterwards, which uh, uh, I'm not I, particularly pleased know, by. I saw that. I saw yeah. that. He actually didn't. He actually didn't. Uh, James Vaughan yeah. tried to high five him to rile him up, but he didn't move. He didn't react to it at, at all. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to hang him over that too. I saw the same video, James, and I thought, if anything else, it was maybe a a resigned. Um, Bit of contact, so yeah, I don't think that was quite as is it. It's not not that night coming off the pitch, pissing your sides, laughing with Clint Dempsey at four 0 to give a bit of historical context. God, I do I remember that. Christ, that was a long time ago. We've been shit for a long time, haven't we? Oh, <laughs> I was just going to say I should I should have apologised. Then sorry, that's me living in the past. Sorry. <laughs> oh God. Uh, I think um, unless unless James, you've got any more notes on uh, the individual performances yeah. of the players? Yeah. Well, I think Chris covered most of them. I, I have got two more points. Um, I thought your Ben Jackson rating was too high. I, like I said, I really don't want to hype on the lad, but he's he's done absolutely nothing to impress me. But well, I got shout, I got and, shouted down on Twitter for saying he was crap against Cheltenham, and I don't think anyone I said he was complaints. Crap against... Well, I remember. Yeah. I remember uh, first fifteen minutes in his debut. I said this lad looks absolutely shocking, and Reese said I was being way too harsh. But <laughs> well, it was fifteen minutes. Even even for Chris, that would be quick. I wouldn't put much stock in what Reese says, to be perfectly honest. Oh, anyway, leave Reese alone. I like Reese. Anyway, um, look a bit more on the positive side. I do think your Isgrove rating was too harsh. I know you marked him down for his um for when Manny Monty absolutely bullied him. But to be fair. Out of all the players on the pitch, he looked the most likely to drive us forward in that game. I, least, I didn't think anything came off for him. At least, at least before he came off for Del Fonso, but like, I mean, he I doesn't hide on the Cheltenham performance. Judging on the Cheltenham mm. performance, though, given that we we saw what he could do in that game and he was superb in that game, it's just disappointing to then see him be a little bit so so, so insipid in, in that performance. I mean, don't get me wrong, 
I don't think it was particularly easy conditions to run to the byline and cross the ball in. And certainly that's probably not what you want to be doing when Peter Clark and Manny Monts are the centre-halves who are, who are marking striker. But even so, I, I just I didn't feel as though he got into the game. And I think he's capable of so much better. Yeah, but On yeah, the that's no my, uh... to lower him down to a three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't I love, he wasn't I love as... ratings. That was my favourite bit. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't so bad that he was that close to the levels of Elbazetti and Crawford and whatnot. That's yeah, all I'm bad. saying. No, fair enough. I don't think anyone's at their level, are they? <sighs> what did you like, think about that uh, that the, that incident where Sasevich was fouled Absolute to an extent by the centre Absolute horse <laughs> shit. Sorry for swearing, Grammar, but he was a fucking twat. <laughs> It truly was. I mean, that that is the most unbelievably obvious yellow card or red card I've ever seen. It's like it's like you said. If even someone like Mark Halsey can tell that's a straight red, how does this absolute moron not see that it is? I'm going to retract what I said to you fellas when we were talking yesterday about this. At the time, I, I, you know, obviously I thought it was a foul, um, and the fellow should have been sent off. But perhaps I was a bit swayed somewhat by the fact that Sarsevich kind of got up. Not really that bothered and cracked on, but then in the context of the rest of the game, when after every single thing went against Sarsevich and the rest of the team, and they just kind of got up and cracked on without looking too bothered, I- I'm retracting that somewhat. It was absolutely mad, uh, and in hindsight, there's no way on earth the fella should have been uh, should have been on the pitch. Yeah, that's a chance. That, that's a game-changing decision, right there. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It yeah. was ridiculous. What? What? One of many. Yeah. Al- Indeed. Al- along with along with the ridiculous penalty and. It's no wonder Everett confronted him after the game. I know, I know most people, I know, I know a few people are saying that it was either silly of Everett or whatnot, but I don't blame him. No, See, I don't blame him. Exactly the same. I, I, I don't particularly agree with you both on that particular one, only because I think that we, as I said earlier on in the in podcast, I suppose that for me, by that point, the game's lost, move on to the next one, and whether it's a sign of Everett feeling the pressure or it is inexperienced. For me, just, it just doesn't need. It just doesn't need to be done. And, and I get the referee's been horrendous, and I get you want to you want to come out and, and complain about that. But I think to to then come on Radio Manchester or wherever it was and say that you're going to report the referee for the way he spoke to you. I mean, it was only about three weeks ago. Everett was in the paper saying how we need to be more in the referee's ear, and he changed the fucking dugout so that we could be more in the referee's ear. <laughs> so what's he going to do when the referee walks past? He's going to say, "Oh, good morning, good morning, sir." It's it, it just it's just the, the mixed messages just they get on my tits. I think someone did say that, didn't they? I can't remember who it was. It might have been on Twitter, it might have been in the chat. That to, to basically make it plain and simple that you are going to try and influence the referee by having your dugout moved. It's not exactly going to endear referees to your cause, is it? <laughs> it is it, bizarre. It, it's very, very odd. I mean, yeah, this is what, and this is one of the last things I think, because we've, we've sort of done this to death and basically, well, I think Chris, you and I are on the same page when it comes to Everett James, obviously not. And I, I do admire your optimism. I really do. Um, I hope we're wrong. But, Yes, no, I, I said I said it in the play ratings. I would love nothing more than for him to completely prove me wrong and us to go on some kind of magical run and make the playoffs. I think it would be incredible. I would be over the moon and I'll be the first person to eat humble pie if it happened. It's not going to happen, but I'd love it to. Um, but the last thing I'd say about it, and we've mentioned one of the deflections that he, he has tended to do in the media. I don't think he's anywhere near Keith Hill level of deflections, but it's the, the dugout thing. Fans living in the past, you've touched on it, Chris. The, the officials... The um, basically blaming everything to the weather, to you know a flea that he had to flick off <laughs> off his coat when he was out in the jungle or something like that. Um, he he clearly doesn't feel as though there's any kind of level of accountability that can be levelled at him, does he? 
We only live in the past because the present's so shocking. I think a lot of people said that. You know, we're, we're Bolton Wanderers who have had so many good years, not all that long ago. And why on earth would you not want to be living in that when the current set of, of players yeah. are giving you nothing but crap? We just want to be happy. Indeed. James, what do you think of his deflections and excuses? Uh, they're varying degrees of what? <laughs> at, some, at, at some point. Um, it, it, it feels like he's trying to fight all these battles at once and obviously they're all varying degrees of importance. The whole dugout thing, I hope that's, I hope that's temporary because to be honest, I love having um, where the referees leave and and having the away team there just so purely so I can shout at them because I sit because I sit so close to them but whatever I guess I'll adapt if we if we're ever allowed back in the stadium um well uh the living in the past thing though that was taken out of context from what I'd say I have two points on that first of all I completely agree with you lads it's it's down to him to change the mentality the reason why we didn't dwell so much in the past in the 2016-17 season is because we were being successful. Wasn't that? Yep. Really? Yeah. So it, it's just the exact same thing. The only way you can fix that kind of nostalgia is to give us something new or to to think about successfully. We don't want to... Believe me, no one more than Bolton fans wants to be positive. <laughs> we just can't. It, it, no, that's just how it is. something to latch on to first. That's just how it is. But, Definitely. But here we go. Something against Everett, though. When he said um, that he hadn't thought about that Tranmere defeat, that really pissed me off. Because I'm, sure I'm not sure if he meant it in that way, but as soon as he said that to me, I'm just thinking, how have you not thought about that game? How have you not thought about what went wrong in that game? What we can improve on from that game? Because even though 3-0 was a harsh scoreline, we probably still deserve to lose in the end. Yeah. Because well, if you can't learn from your mistakes, and I, th- I think that's indicative of what's happened for the rest of this season, an inability to use what's happened in the past, learn from it, and improve upon it. Couldn't have put it better myself. That that's one of the few times this season that Ever has genuinely, genuinely got me upset with his press conferences because I don't feel that. that like you're saying, that's that's just showing the type of arrogance that got Keith Hill sacked. Yeah, naive as well, into you know to to it's 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 all on a similar level to me to not bothering watching watching a video of your opponents because ultimately it doesn't matter because it's all about your own performance. It's it's naive and and it's something that you wouldn't you wouldn't expect. And again, I, I bring the name back up again, an Nigel Clough or someone like that. You you wouldn't expect an experienced manager to to put his foot in his mouth like that. I don't think. But... No, no, I, th- I think people playing had a go at Parkinson for not having too much personality. But honestly, I think sod whether the manager's a big character or whatever. I just want to see some results on the pitch, and that is eventually why Parky had to go because that once they dried up, there's not an awful lot in terms of goodwill that's saving him. Um, but frankly, I don't, he wouldn't come back. But he'd be the kind of person who I'd love to have in this situation. Although not necessarily with the, with the style of play, I do enjoy us watching watching us pass the ball sometimes. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> he make, makes for much more entertaining viewing. Uh, well, I, th- I think we've done that to death, boys. Unless you've got any more pre- pressing issues, um, I'm thoroughly depressed, and I'm going to need a very large drink after we- after that discussion. <laughs> you want to have a drink during the discussion, mate? It just makes everything a hell of a lot better. It's helped so me. One of us has got to maintain a level of composure, Christopher. 
I just want to congratulate you on the uh, the audio quality on this podcast, mate. It's been, <laughs> James, too, it's been it re- really has been noticeable. I listened to a uh, I listened to a competing podcast earlier this week. Who had a, a very interesting guest on who I'd like to have heard more from, but unfortunately, I, I was unable to because of the uh, the poor production quality. Um, so yeah, just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate your efforts, James. Oh, you know, you know what really God. irritates me about that. You know what really irritates me about that. You called it a competing podcast. Well, of course, mate. You know, competition drives us all. There oh is no competition, my, my son. <laughs> okay, I, okay. To be fair, I don't want to leave it on that point, so I will say this: What team would you pick? <laughs> what? <laughs> just... I'm gonna leave that. Be- I'm gonna leave that buried. I'm gonna leave that buried. <laughs> but, I'm gone. Uh, anyway, uh, but I, I, this was a point that I genuinely wanted to bring up. What team would you play against Mansfield? Especially considering how informed they are at the moment. Well, if I wanted probably a result, Man- I'd play Man City. Probably. I'm gonna... <laughs> you completely took the words out of my mouth. I think <laughs> I, I would I would look to, to the new goalkeeper we're going to sign tomorrow. I don't know if we are or not, but I'd probably look to the new, new goalkeeper we're going to sign. I'd probably change all the back four apart from Santos. I'd probably change most of the midfield. And I'd probably look to maybe put Doyle up front if he promises not to come in his own half once. Failing that, play newer. Just play newer, please. That's all we need. He's the only one that's got seemingly anything about him that, that is exactly what we need. Get him in and get him starting and just tell him to get the ball and just run and drive forward. I think the results will come. If we if we look to get on the front foot, not be so passive at the start of games, and dear God, let's just not go one goal down. Oh, I think we have to go a goal down. If we don't go a goal down, we're not going to start playing. We don't play much better even when they are one down. It, it's no good playing, playing well and coming away with zero points. Let's have an absolute help them of a game where we're we're not often at the races and we scab a 1 0 in the last minute. I mean, I can't see it happening, but. No. I mean, we can do it. You've we got to live it. in we hope. Did it, we did it against Cheltenham, so it's there. Yeah. The, ca- the, the capability's yeah. there. And like, and we didn't go down a goal in most of the games that we um, played when we went on that winning run. If anything, if anything, it shows that when we do score first, we do win. Yet we just haven't been able to do that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Are we at home or are we away? We're away. Oh, well, they are then. Even more more likelihood of winning. Not playing at all. Indeed. Um, James, you, you asked the question, what would your team be? Um, hopefully new keeper, but it'll probably be Jilks. Um, Brock, mm-hmm. Brockbank right back, Santos, Baptiste, Maskell, because I don't think Declan John's going to be back. Uh, bear in mind, obviously, this is my team, and not, and not whatever <laughs> we'll put out. So, <laughs> obviously... <laughs> But I felt for some people I did need to make that distinction. Um, Kieran, I, I think Kieran Lee's going to be back, so I'll play him, Andy Tutt, and um, and uh, Thomason. And Ganua. I'll, I'll say. Yeah, no, I'll, st- I'll stick with Doyle for now. Stick with Doyle and his Grove up there, but I was really tempted to replace Doyle with Delfonso. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. But I, I was about to say I'll just I'll I'll keep him because it still like it still gives us some strength in depth off the off the bench, and he can fill across that front line. So I'll keep Delfonso there. But I, like I said, none of these changes will happen because. <laughs> because Everett can be They're far too way too stubborn. Yeah, and Everett can be way too stubborn for his own good to go back to some of the players who 
he's never he's not really given a fair chance to like I don't rate Darcy as much as some other people, but I do think he's been dealt a bad hand during this season. Definitely. I think for Tom, for Tom it'll be Darcy in goal, Darcy at right back, Darcy <laughs> in the middle. There's, you know, and I'm the same as you, James. I, again, I don't necessarily think he's the second coming by any stretch of the imagination, but it is weird. Same for someone like Adam Senior as well. Whenever he's played, it very, very rarely let us down. And yeah, he might not be you know, Ricardo Carvalho or anything like that. But when That's a defender... very niche defender to bring out I'll, there. I'll tell you why. It's because I was reading uh, 442's top 100 players of the Premier League era before and I'd completely forgotten that Carvalho existed. There's no way he makes that list. He made that list and El- uh, in front of Akocha and Anelka, interestingly. You enough. are kidding me. But that's 442 for you. Uh, they've never been that reliable in terms of what they bring to the party. Longevity, no, probably, I, I, about it. Oh, we, we've been published in there too many times, Chris, for them to be a reliable source of football. There you go. They cl- clearly don't have a clue, do they? <laughs> um, yeah, so my team is going to be Ronan Darcy in goal. Uh, hey. Darcy right <laughs> <laughs> no, I want, uh, well, I want a new goalkeeper, obviously, but um, let's go. We'll have to have Matt Jilks. Uh, Brock Bank, Santos, Baptiste and... Actually, you know what? Sod it. Three back. We're going back to the three back, boys. Ooh. Baptiste, Santos, Greenwich. And then the four, the Bankoff four. Isgrove on the right. Uh, Kieran Lee, Andy Tutt, and Maskell on the left. Uh, in front of them, George Thomason, and then Ganua and Doyle up top. Interesting. As easy as that. Honestly, I don't think there's any reason to decide that the formation is the problem one way or the other. Um, would we get a lot of issues down our left-hand side if Isgrove was the person playing on the right? Quite possibly. Would it mean that we were actually had a dynamic player there and some opportunity to attack? Also, yes. You know, we're not we're not we're not good enough defensively to keep people out. So let's why don't we just use what we've got, which is a reasonable set of attacking options, and just go for Definitely. it and try and beat them four or five. Definitely, front foot's the only way forward at this point now. Absolutely, you might as well go gung ho. It can't get any worse. Ah, oh, damn. Uh, right. Score prediction from you, and then we'll sign this off, boys. It's been, it's, I would say it's been a thoroughly enjoyable discussion. It's not. I've hated every second of talking about how terrible my football <laughs> team has been. But, uh, you know, it's what we get paid the big bucks for. Um, Chris, what's your score prediction for this game? I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Mansfield will probably score after sort of four or five minutes. Probably get another one just after half time, and then we'll be the best team for the last 20 minutes. But ultimately, it not quite be enough. I'm going to go for another 2 1. Very bold, very bold prediction, Chris. I don't know where you pulled that one from. Well, I was going to go 17-0 like I did the Tranmere one last time, but I, I maybe maybe felt slightly foolish after that, so I've gone a bit more circumspect. Only, only slightly? Only slightly. Jim? Uh, we're going to be let down by the team selection and get battered 5-0. Brilliant. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I, saying I, that, I, I'm I, saying I, that, saying that with the hope that... <laughs> It's reverse psychology and hopefully <laughs> we batter them 5-0 out of nowhere and just end Mansfield's amazing oh. run. But I've just seen a pig I've just seen a pig fly past my window, lads. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's probably Keith Hill. Um uh, what, what what's gonna what's gonna happen is it's Nigel Clough is gonna do his classic Nigel Clough job on Bolton, as he did with Burton so many times. And um he's probably gonna bring Lloyd Dyer out of somewhere to score a goal and we're gonna lose one <laughs> nil. Oh, Oh, can't wait. Can't Absolutely. wait. What else would you rather do on a Tuesday? Well, Anything. at the moment, there's not an awful lot else to do. <laughs> uh, if you'd asked me that question under normal circumstances, I could give you a hundred answers. But uh, other than that, 
we're, we're, we're kind of screwed. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we're all fairly down in the dumps, listeners. I think it's fairly abundantly clear that this season is going nowhere fast. And unfortunately, from my perspective, not so much from James's perspective, uh, Ian Ebert is going nowhere fast. I mean, I mean he's, not, he's not... Pr- no. He's just not, is he? I, I can I can want it as much as, as possible, but it's not it's not going to happen. Um, ah, it is what sorry it is. I'm sorry to have left it. Exactly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have left you uh, on such a disappointing <laughs> note. But th- such such is life supporting Bolton Wanderers. At, at least we can hear you clearly. That's the main thing to take God, away yeah. from this. Viva la audio quality. Yep. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much, guys, uh, for for a good discussion. Uh, I look forward to doing it again, hopefully to discuss some better results. And thank you very much, everyone, for listening to episode 157 of the Lanavine Street podcast. And we'll see you later.